the University of Essex podcast, your non-stop shop to learn about our research, hear genuine student experiences, and to get all your questions answered. Welcome to Understanding University, the ultimate uni podcast. My name is Karina and I'm a collaborative outreach assistant at the University of Essex and I work closely with our Aspire and Aspire Higher programs. And my name is Katie and I also work for the outreach team. If you have any questions about any topics we discuss, please use the hashtag UnderstandingUni on Twitter or you can email outreach at essex.ac.uk. Some students decide to move away from home when they go to university, and with the huge variety of choices, it can be a little overwhelming. In today's episode, we hope to share the choices that may become available to you when you're making your university decisions and the unsaid rules about sharing accommodation with other students, which will be particularly handy if you've never lived with anyone other than your family before. Our guests today are current students and ambassadors, Diego and Venetia, who will also be sharing some top tips on how to make your student room feel homely and what to pack when you first move away. So would you like to introduce yourself? We'll start with Diego. If you could just mention who you are, what you study, and maybe a little bit about your accommodation experience, please. Yeah, of course, Katie. Uh, so hi, everyone. My name is Diego. I'm a third year student I'm currently doing a BA in international relations. And my experience with university accommodation comes from the fact that in my first year, I stayed at Josephine Butler House, uh, which is an accommodation on campus. And in my second year, I stayed in South Courts. Thank you. And Venetia? Thank you, Katie. So yes, I am Venetia. I am in my final year studying business management. My accommodation experience is that I stayed in Harwich Court that was on campus during my first year. And throughout the rest of my college, my university experience, I have stayed off campus. Thank you. So I'm hoping during this episode, we'll hear a bit more about those different types of experiences. But I think it would be great to share with our listeners a little bit more about the the different um, accommodation um, that might be available at a range of different universities. So for starters, um, there's this accommodation called halls of residence or flats. So Diego, would you mind just sharing what, what does this mean um, so our listeners can fully understand this, this word, please. So as far as I know, uh, this just refers to shared accommodations. Uh, so basically, each student gets his or her own room, which is usually individual, but may also be shared. And then some facilities uh, are shared. Uh, that will be usually the kitchen and uh, in some cases, bathrooms as well. Nice. Thank you. And um, I think... For uh, in some accommodation, there's something called an ensuite bathroom, um, and obviously this um, is completely different to shared um, bathroom. So, what does an ensuite involve if you're lucky enough to get one of those? Well, it basically just refers to a bathroom that is uh, adjoined to your bedroom, which means that it's uh, private rather than shared. Nice. And um, did you did you have experience of an ensuite? I myself did uh, in both years I stayed in university accommodation. I, I just preferred the privacy, so I requested that in both years. And Venetia, would you mind sharing um, some other types of accommodation that might be available? So we've talked a little bit about um, halls of residence, or also known as um, a flat, and um, the different types of facilities you might have, which might be en suite or shared. What other accommodation could students potentially apply for? 
Yes, um, yeah, including with the ensuite and shared facilities as well on campus. You get to share your kitchens, you get to share living spaces, you get to share the bathrooms as well too. And there are some situations on campus as well where you have to share like your room as well with um, some other students and some accommodations. It's possible for that. But yeah, in other places, you have to have your you have your own ensuite, you have your own living spaces where there's like studio flats as well, too, in some of our new accommodation areas as well. So you can have your own living space for yourself. But most of the accommodations on campus do have their either ensuite or shared facilities as well. Nice. And, and how many students should you expect to share with in, in a flat? Some go to like six and most go so much as up to like 15. So it really varies on your preference. Like, do you want a space and where it's just a small group of people or do you want to go all out and have like a big room full of flatmates? It's all up to the preference. Yes, definitely. Thank you. Um, so some other types of accommodation that students might come across include catered accommodation, which is where um, you're provided with um, either vouchers or a card. Um, and you, instead of cooking your meals, you have to go onto campus and um, you purchase them from the restaurants and cafes or food halls that the university have. And this can be really great for students who are worried about cooking so that in their first year, um, they they know that um, there's going to be food ready and available for them, and um, they can they can get that when they need to. Um, and also types of accommodation that might be um, more suitable for wheelchair users and things like that. In terms of accessibility, um, there are plenty of options um, available at different universities, but that's something that would be really important to look into when you're doing your your research. Um, so after your first year. Um, you, well, you may or may not want to, to live on campus in a flat or something similar. Um, lots of second year and third year students then go off and uh, share a privately rented house with other students. Um, Diego, would you mind talking a little bit about that? Yeah, so in particular at the University of Essex, once you're out of your first year, it becomes a bit harder to get on-campus accommodation. Now, it is obviously convenient because you're located very close to where your classes are going to be and so some people might still prefer to do that. But in my case, uh, once my third year had come around, I figured it was time to uh, look for something off campus. And so I ended up sharing a house with, uh, I think, three other people in Wivenhoe, which is fairly close. And it was a nice walk to campus. Nice. And was it easy to make that decision when you when you decided to, to come away from on-campus accommodation? Uh, I think it was more product of the circumstances. Uh, in particular, I wasn't sure exactly how long I'd be staying in the UK in that particular year. Uh, so I figured I would prefer to have a shared contract rather than something where I was the sole tenant. Benicia, um, your experience of second and third year accommodation, would you mind just sharing a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. So yes, um, second and third year and my final year, I'm off campus at the moment. My second year, to ensure that I was finding the right accommodation, I wanted to ensure that I was close to campus as possible, like I find some great transportation availabilities requirements. So what I did was like, I just like scanned around the area to make sure I found somewhere that is 
accessible to the uni, but also as well affordable to me because I am a international student. So, you know, it comes with bills, it comes with rent, it comes with wondering what I'm going to live with, of course, but it's mainly just like the bills and um, accessibility to campus. So I looked and I found um, off student housing and where I lived with two other people. It was mainly females, of course. And I really enjoyed the experience I had there so far. Thank you. That was really, really helpful. Thank you for sharing your experiences. Um, and you've sort of led on to our next um, sort of topic area. Um, so, Diego, I'll start with you. What, what do you think are the good things to sort of start thinking about when choosing your accommodation um, and maybe what are the sort of questions that students can ask if they're able to view accommodation at, for example, an open day or an applicant day? Uh, what do you think are the good things to consider? I think the most important things are probably cost, uh, number of occupants and proximity to campus, uh, at least in my opinion. Uh, obviously, if you get the chance to view different types of accommodation on open day, that's the best. But even if you don't get the opportunity to do that, uh, usually you'll be able to find photos online, whatever your university is, and sometimes even floor plans, which can be really useful. Yeah, I think that's really, really good advice. And just to add on top of that, I would also say if you do get a chance, view all of them, view all the different types available and don't cut yourself off and think, oh, this is exactly what I want. Try out different things, see what you like the look of, and you might discover something that you didn't know existed. So, I mean, you don't know if you like it or not. Um, you can also talk to current university students to find out more about their accommodation experiences. So definitely explore all of those areas too. And Venetia, how important do you think it is to consider travel and distance to lectures and facilities when you're looking at your accommodation choices? Thank you. It's definitely important because when it comes to like traveling to and from campus, especially if you live off campus, you have to consider your modes of transportation. So such as biking, such as walking, such as traveling through the bus, if you're driving a car, you have to consider those things. And then the cost that comes with it as well, too, um, when it comes to like car parking and then when it comes to like getting tickets for the bus as well, you have to consider especially cost annually, weekly, daily, those important stuff, definitely, because your bank will definitely, your bank account will thank you later for that. <laughs> That's a really good point. Thank you so much. Um, but yeah, cost is definitely something that we've mentioned already that we sort of need to think about. Um, for our listeners, accommodation costs will vary depending on the type of accommodation. So you'll want to consider this when making your decision. And you can view all of these costs on all of the different university web pages. Um, so if that is something that's a primary thing that you want to consider, you can access all of that ahead of time um, on different university web pages. Now, our Colchester campus is what is known as a campus university because the accommodation, lecture rooms and other facilities are all in one little place, um, whereas the city university is spread across a whole city. So you may have to travel to the different facilities while living in a, camp a sort of city university. Yeah, and, and what Venetia was just saying there about considering your, your budgeting um, 
when you when you do have to travel to your lectures, that's particularly important to think about if you're going to a city university, because no doubt you will have to travel. And I'm not entirely sure if you'll be able to walk everywhere. Um, so that's definitely something to consider. But even if you do go to an on-campus university, there may be some point at your time in your university experience where you are a 10, 15 minute um, bus ride away because you're you're living in that rented accommodation with friends now in a local village. So cost is definitely something to consider and also the, the distance between those. Um, so I'd quite like to share with our listeners um, the application process when it comes to choosing your accommodation and making that um, accommodation application process. So um, where does this come after you've sort of, you've, you've, you know where you want to go to university, you've made that UCAS application, where does accommodation come into this? Um, Diego, do you mind sharing? So usually if you get accepted into a certain university, you'll probably get an email uh, from them about accommodation. Uh, if you don't get an email, that's okay. You can usually log into whatever your university portal is. Uh, usually there's some sort of applicant portal and there should be an option under there for accommodation, right? Because that's a pretty common thing for prospective students to want to find out more about. And so when you're in that portal or even in the email that you get, you can check out uh, the different deadlines and different options and the application process as well. Usually, uh, at least in the case of Essex, they'll ask you to rank your accommodation according to your preferences by a certain deadline. And then as soon as you've done that, you'll probably hear back from them in a bit and uh, hear about the outcome. Lovely. Thank you so much. So, yes, there usually is a deadline and it's really important to make sure that you meet this deadline because um, you may or um, you may not get the accommodation that you the preference that you've put or you may not even get accommodation at all, depending on how much accommodation your university has to offer. Um, so do keep an eye out for those um, those important deadlines when you receive emails and notifications from your university. Okay, then. So um, how did you know what to pack <laughs> and what did you know and, and to bring to university? Because um, for a lot of um, students, this is the first experience of moving away from home. Um, and it can seem a bit overwhelming. Do you take everything? Um, do you make a list? Where do you start, Venetia? Ah, I wish someone would have told me this when I first moved onto campus because I'm international, so I came from another country. So I had like a lot of things going through my mind, like, oh my gosh, especially the weather. The weather here changes so drastically. So I was thinking, oh my gosh, I know I need to pack like some clothes. So I brought like two suitcases full of clothes. And it was mainly like summer clothes because I know like the summer weather is going to like be okay-ish or so. And I know I was going to like purchase some more winter clothes up here. So mainly if you want to pack, especially for students like commuting as well too, if you live in the UK, like don't pack too much clothes because you'll have like more stuff in regards to like computers and oh, another thing as well too, um, cookery wear as well too. Bring like cookery wear such as frying pans, um, pots and pans and like your favorite kettle. Yes, like favorite like plates and stuff as well too. <laughs> yeah, I think I really agree with what you just said there, especially about the clothes. Um, before I moved to uni as well, I just took 
everything. And it's like you can either, especially if you live closer to home and you can travel, then you can sort of switch out seasonal clothing. Or, I mean, for some reason, students seem to forget that when you arrive at university, you will still be going to shops and buying clothes and all of that stuff. So you don't need to bring your whole wardrobe with you, definitely. Um, so, yeah, that's a really, really good tip. Um, do you have any more? Or, Diego, do you have any other tips? I don't think there's anything in particular you need to pack aside from winter clothes. Obviously, the UK gets pretty cold, especially if you're coming from another country. That might not be something that you're used to. But aside from that, yeah, don't pack too many clothes and don't let your mom talk you into packing too much. Perfect. I was just um, reminiscing about my um, university experience because uh, I made the same mistake as well and I pretty much packed everything. Um, and uh, one thing I didn't actually consider packing was cutlery. And this wasn't something I realized until I actually had moved in. I'd put everything in my room and then my parents were about to go and I just went, what am I going to eat with? I haven't, I haven't got any cutlery. And luckily it's fine because obviously, um, you can just go to a shop and, um, you can get some. Or I was lucky enough that my, um, the people I was sharing accommodation with were so lovely and friendly and said, don't worry, I've got spare. So I, I, I did, um, make do. <laughs> um, so these things happen. It's absolutely normal, but, um, definitely talk, maybe talk to current students to see what, um, they packed. Um, um, to help you with that process and writing a list obviously always, always helps. Um, so Diego, um, when you, um, moved into university, was there anything you did to make your room feel homely? And, and do you think that's something, do you think that's important? And I think there's a topic where your mileage may vary. In my case, I didn't do much to my room. I pretty much left it as it was. Uh, but I think that's also a bit of a guy stereotype. So. Uh, again, your, your mileage may vary and you may want to do other stuff to your room. That's all right. Thanks, Diego. Venetia, do you have anything to add to that? Yes, I did the exact opposite of what Diego did and literally decked out my room as much as possible. I love colors, so I made it as colorful as possible. Posters, wall hangings, fairy lights, the... um various like colorful lights as well to you put across the ceiling and everything. I did that. Um, pictures of my family, pictures of some good friends. I had those as well. Some of my favorite like plushies I brought from home as well too. I make sure I put those in the bed. I made it feel as if it was my room back home as well. Cause homesickness definitely would hit you whenever. It can. So just having that little taste of home will be very good to me. <laughs> that's really nice. And I think that's why it is important or it might not be for everyone, as Diego has said, to add in those little things to make it feel um, like home. Because if you if you do experience homesickness, um, having those familiar items around you might put you at ease. Um, so thank you for that, Venetia. Thank you so much, Katie. And thank you guys for sharing sort of what you'd pack, um, the things that you do to make your room feel a little bit more homely. Um, and if any of our listeners are interested, there are loads of blogs, um, YouTube videos and loads of other resources where you can find lists of what to pack um, available online. So definitely have a look into that. Speak to our student ambassadors, speak to everyone to sort of find out what are the little things that you might forget about. 
So for our last section of the episode, we're going to cover the unsaid rules about sharing accommodation. So for a lot of people going to university, this is the first um, experience of living with people other than their families. Um, and we know that this can be exciting, but also a little bit daunting. And it's definitely a learning process. The unsaid rules are things that you'll become accustomed to, uh, but we'll be asking our ambassadors for their advice so that you can feel a little bit more prepared. When sharing accommodation, how can students ensure that communal areas aren't left to one person to clean? Diego, would you have any advice on that? Yeah, I'd say that's definitely something you need to discuss upfront with your flatmates so there's no confusion uh, going forward. I think it's a bit different from being at home because you need to remember that these are, at least in the beginning, strangers. So you need to, I think, treat them with a little bit more consideration. Uh, not that you shouldn't treat your family with consideration, but I think when we're among loved ones, uh, we sort of let some things slide that we wouldn't with strangers. And so just be mindful of that. Clean up after yourself. Don't use other people's stuff without asking. And just practice, I think, basic courtesy. That's perfect. Thank you so much. And Benicia, do you have anything to add? And sort of, do you have any tips for what you as an individual can do to ensure you are doing your part? Yeah, um, basically just um, adding on to what Diego said, like have courtesy, you know, because you're living in a space with strangers will soon to be supposed to be friends, hopefully. So yeah, um, do your best, um, clean up after yourself anytime you use the facility so it can ease up the stress as well when it comes to figuring out, you know, who is responsible for what. Um, during like the first time, really, it'll be very nice if you like sit down with everybody to get like a feel of what's going on with the situation and possibly like see if you can like have like a little rota to have like any response responsibilities each week for a person or so. That'll be very helpful because if that doesn't happen, chaos might ensue in the future. <laughs> Yeah, that's a really good idea. And, and everyone or every group of students will be different. So that might work for some and that might not work for others. But, um, yeah, that, that I've, I have, um, I had student friends who did something very similar and they, they kept a little table on their fridge and, and assigned roles to each other. So yeah, that's a really good, um, piece of advice. What about students who are worried about noise levels then? So students are obviously known to have parties and stay up late, but what if there are students out there who aren't necessarily interested in that sort of thing and are worried that they might be kept up by the noise? Um, what, what can students do to deal with that or ensure that they're also being respectful if, if they're interested in having parties? Um, Diego? And if you do have a party and you're in the common areas of, of shared accommodation, I'd say, again, be respectful, you know, maybe just keep it down a little bit. Uh, if you're on the receiving end of a party that's a bit too loud, maybe go there, talk to the people, ask them to keep it down. And I think the most important factor, as I was saying earlier, is just being courteous uh, with other people, and that's going to make things a lot easier. Thank you. What about um, if um, a student is a bit too nervous to speak to a student, or they've done it before? Um, Venetia, is there somewhere, someone else they can speak to? Yes, exactly. If someone is nervous to just go in there and speak to the student. They can actually speak to their RAs, their resident assistants, yes, resident assistants that are located within their accommodations and where they can speak to them and the resident assistants can take it up as well with their flatmates to ease the, the situations. 
Thank you. So at the University of Essex, we have um, a support system um, that ensures that students living on campus have someone to, to reach out to and, and speak to if they are experiencing problems and they are called residence assistants. So yeah, that's someone at the University of Essex that you can go to. And there will be other support systems in place at other universities. Um, there always there will always be support. So if there are issues, um, good or bad, um, you will always be able to, to speak to someone. Um, so another example um, I, I've thought of is um, shared bathrooms. If you're sharing a bathroom and there's someone continuously um, spending a long time in the shower um, and you you need to get in there as well to get to your lecture, but you all need to get to your lectures. How do you, how do you make that compromise? How do you um, approach that conversation? Um, it's probably very similar to, to the um, sharing responsibilities when it comes to cleaning, but are there any other words of wisdom or tips in that situation, Diego? Yeah, so I think even though it is important to be respectful and polite, it is also important to stand up for yourself, especially if you're sharing a room with someone that's a lot more intimate than just uh, sharing, say, a kitchen. And so if you're sharing a room or if you're sharing a bathroom with other people, I'd say make clear from the start that certain boundaries have to be respected and that you do expect that your use of that space uh, be considered by other people just as you would consider their use of that space. Yeah, and just to add um, on top of that, um, as a, an ex-student who lived in shared sort of facilities where you are sharing the bathrooms and showers, um, I don't think it was that much of an issue, but we all just sort of spoke about, okay, who has the morning lectures, who has the evening lectures, who prefers to shower in the mornings, who prefers to shower in the evenings, and you sort of work it out. For us, it was quite easy because we had a pretty even split of who likes to shower in mornings versus the evenings. I personally didn't have any morning lectures, so I would just shower the night before. Um, so yeah, you sort of just split it that way and it does work out pretty evenly. So again, looking at people's timetables and when people prefer to use those facilities, um, but yeah, just having a talk to them really with everyone in the flat um, really does help. Thank you all for that information. I really hope our listeners will feel more prepared hearing your experiences, which will hopefully help them to settle in when they first move away. Venetia, what can students look forward to when it comes to sharing accommodation? Some good things is that you get to meet so many people of various backgrounds, various cultures from within the UK and around the world too. You can get so many insights on where people are from. You can get so many interesting facts about their culture and backgrounds. And plus you can, you might get like some forever friends as well too. Living on campus is such a great experience and I really would recommend it to anybody and everybody. Thank you. And another nice thing about that, um, when you were saying um, about meeting people from potentially all over the world, you might one day have the, ex if, you, if you do create a nice um, friendship or relationship with that person, they might even invite you to their home country or hometown. So you might be able to experience some other places in the world that you might not have um, if you hadn't met those people. So yeah, that's really lovely. Diego, um, what, what, what else is nice about sharing accommodation? Well, I think it's, it's pretty much been said. Uh, accommodation starts with you moving in with a bunch of strangers. Uh, and some of those people may end, end up being uh, friends for life. And I think that's very valuable. And of course, meeting people from different backgrounds, uh, 
Some of them you'll get along with great, others you don't have to, right? It's just for a year. Yeah, I think I think that's the exciting part, and especially while you're making friends with them as well, the activities that you take part in. So whether it's a cooking night or um, the University of Essex has actually their own like sort of mini cinema. So going away to there or going to Colchester Zoo is something that we did with our friends. Um, and another sort of feature is SU Homes, which is actually a letting agency, part of the student union at the University of Essex. Um, and they offer support for students looking to rent private accommodation so other universities may offer similar things to this to help you and your experience of finding a home whether it's alone or with your friends um, and a good tip to remember is to book in viewings for this type of accommodation with plenty of time to spare as other students will be doing the exact same thing and you want to make sure that you get the right place that suits you and suits your friends as well Thanks, Karina. You want to make sure that you're comfortable. So again, we did mention that deadline when it comes to applying for your on-campus accommodation when you first um, start university. And it's the same for your second and third year as well. Um, accommodation is, is, is quite a big thing. It's a big part of your university experience. So you want to make sure it's right and suits you. Um, so do make sure um, that you meet the deadlines and um, for your second and third year, if you're moving off campus, um, get those book in those viewings as soon as you can. So we hope today's episode has helped you to think about everything you need to consider when choosing your accommodation and also given you a better idea of the type of accommodation you might like to go to when you go to university. We've also had some great tips from Venetia and Diego today um, about what to pack um, and some, uh, some unshared rules about um, how to share your accommodation, how to approach those difficult conversations, but also some really nice um, positive things about um, meeting potentially um, lifelong friends. Um, so, once you begin university, you'll learn your own lessons when it comes to sharing accommodation, but you'll soon adjust to student life, just like every university student. Um, but if you want to chat to current students at the University of Essex, go to www.essex.ac.uk slash life slash chat, where you can ask them questions about their accommodation um, and their student life. If you have any questions about this episode, don't forget to send them in via Twitter using the hashtag UnderstandingUni or send them an email to outreach at essex.ac.uk. Additional resources will be posted on our website and sent to you via email if you're a registered listener. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Don't forget to share with your family, friends and colleagues. The University of Essex podcast. Research, experience and information. 